Welcome to All Places Together. Here we believe that our stories are connected to one another and rooted in God's radical love for diverse creation. Wherever you are, whoever you are, however you are, take a deep breath. Here's a story for you. A story called Open Hearts at Christmas. We are three weeks into making the Yuletide gay here at All Places Together. I'm Pastor Colleen, the pastor of APT. In case you don't know this about me, I'm not the parent of a human child. I am a devoted dog mom, an aunt to two delightful nibblings, and also an aunt figure to many other extended family members and children of friends. So I say this next statement without having any direct experience. Being a parent at the holidays is intense. There is so much to prepare, to be present at, and to do. And the expectation seems to be that all of this needs to be accomplished by wearing a Christmas sweater and smiling. I know each family functions in a little bit of a different way, and I want all of the parents listening to know that I see you. I am cheering for you. And be assured that Jesus will still be born, even if all of the things on the list don't get marked off. Now, for parents of children who identify as members of the LGBTQIA2S plus community, there are often some additional layers to the holidays. This is particularly true if your children are still under the age of 18 and living at home. Though I imagine that parents of adult queer folks will share many of these experiences too. Questions of safety, frustration at lacking representation, and navigating social situations can make an already stressful time of year even more stressful. Monica Bowie, today's guest, is here to share her experience of being the mom to a gay son and how she has sought to parent well and take care of herself, too. I want you to all know that her son is supportive of her being with us on the podcast here today. Monica will also share some particular advice for parenting queer teens over the holidays. Monica is an administrative coordinator with a public university system in Texas. She is a member of Faith Lutheran Church in McDade, Texas, which is in the Southwestern Texas Synod. She has also been involved with Technicolor Ministries, so thank you to Pastor Katie for making this connection. Additionally, Monica serves as the Synod Council Secretary for Southwestern Texas. Monica is married to Alan, and together they have two adult sons, J.D. and Peyton. They also have two cats, Smudgy and Chester, who keep them constantly entertained. They are the proud pet grandparents to grand dog Archie and grand cats Emma and Buddy. In her spare time, Monica enjoys taking road trips and spending time with her family. She also volunteers at the Austin Animal Center in the Cat Room and the McDade Food Pantry. Welcome to All Places Together, Monica. I'm so happy that you're here with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Pastor Colleen. It is uh, indeed a pleasure and a privilege to be here with you. So thank you very much. You're so welcome. So I'd love to be able to begin our conversation today with your story about being a mother to a gay son. 
Would you be able to share with us um, some about how your son came out to you and what the journey has been like for you as a parent and for your family as a whole? It would be my pleasure, Pastor Colleen. One day after school in the fall of our son's sophomore year of high school, he told me on our way home from school that he had something that he wanted to share with his dad and I together. Um, he, we uh, got home and sat down in our living room, and he led into our talk with conversation about his recent breakup with his girlfriend, and then he shared that he was gay. He tearfully explained that it wasn't a recent epiphany. This had been on his mind and heart for quite some time. He expressed that he had done a great deal of thoughtful contemplation, and that helped him recognize that um, he was just gay and not transgender. I think that um, he that was important to him to give a full recognition of himself. Um, so we immediately pulled him into a big hug and embrace and told him that we loved him and that we were so proud of him and assured him that he had our full support and that we were very proud to be the parents of a gay son. We also asked him if there was anything that we could do for him, and he expressed that he hadn't come out to anyone else yet, but that he planned too soon to his close group of friends. And we also talked about how and when he would like to come out to his brother, who was away at college. Um, he did come out to his brother. We just, He decided that he would do that um, at, during Christmas break, which was a couple of months away. And we knew uh, his brother's response was just as we expected. He was very affirming and supportive. So we all felt like it was a very positive coming out experience for all of us, Peyton included. Peyton expressed later that um, his tears were not sad tears. We talked about this at, at one point because I had been concerned um, you know, that, that it had been very emotional for him. And um, he, he expressed that his tears were not sad tears, but just a bundle of nerve tears because he knew that everything was going to be different afterwards and that he was going to be a different person after that. And I thought that that was very beautiful because it affirmed to him that it was kind of like a baptism of sorts. Oh. He was going to get to be his authentic self. I'm tearing up listening to you share this, Monica. It's so powerful. <laughs> yes, it was very, it was very, very powerful. And we were very, very, we are, and we're very, very proud of him. So that was um, his coming out story. He came out to his friends uh, soon afterwards who had a response of, well, yeah. <laughs> So they were very affirming, and um, fortunately, um, Peyton was a student at a at a high school um, that is also affirming. There, the uh, gay population, the LGBTQIA plus population at his high school, uh, uh, was very welcome, very open. They could be their authentic selves, which was also really 
wonderful. That's so, huge yeah, anywhere and like particularly in the South and particularly <laughs> yes. in Texas too, perhaps. Yes. Yes, that is correct. That is correct. Um, yes. In fact, um, this Peyton's junior year of high school, um, an openly gay uh, girl, a lesbian who was in a lesbian relationship was elected homecoming queen. And so that was really cool too. So yeah. And how was it with the rest of like the wider family? Like I hear the affirmation and celebration of Peyton within your immediate family, but was that, did that extend to other family members as well? It did. Our, I have a a brother and two sisters and my husband has a sister and um, I'm trying to remember it wasn't right away that we talked to my husband's side of the family, but I immediately talked to my younger sister who, who lives in Virginia, who lives there in Virginia. Love the connection. (laughs) I know. And she was very supportive. And my older sister who lives here nearby was very supportive. Uh, I had Peyton's permission to talk to them and they were both just, yeah, uh, happy that he felt comfortable and confident to share this, that I could share this news with them. And eventually the news trickled out to the rest of our family members and um, my brother. And everyone has been supportive of Peyton. We don't have any um, misgivings about family gatherings um, with just you know, immediate family. My my husband's sister was the same way. They were very affirming and um, welcoming and just, yeah, they were uh, excited for him and happy for him. And grandparents too. Uh, my father is, is deceased, but my mother was the same way. Very, very proud of him. And my husband's parents, likewise, were very proud of him. Um, it's a uh, you know, it's, it's their grandson. It's, he's not any different than any of the other grandchildren. I love your use of the word proud as you're talking about how you and other family members feel um, about your son, because I feel like it just acknowledges the deep work that he did on himself and your celebration and recognition of that 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 is is something to be really proud of in in a young person when they take that type of self-reflection and contemplation so seriously with with anything in their life whether it's gender or sexuality thinking about what they want to be when they grow up if we ever grow up um that's just so beautiful it was and and you really pegged it Asher Colleen because he was he he tackles a lot of things in his life, being very thoughtful, very introspective, and um, this was one of those things. And and absolutely, we're we're proud on many levels, but that he he really was so thoughtful, and when uh, he was sharing, it, that's what m- made us very very proud. Yes, it's beautiful. So I imagine that for even parents who are all the way affirming and supportive, like you and your spouse, that you 
also likely have expectations or hopes for who your children maybe would have been or could have been and that those expectations might be lost or might undergo some type of shift or change because of them coming out. And I imagine that there's grief, very valid grief that comes along with that. And so I wonder if there was anything that you grieved um, in, in your son's coming out process and that how did you work through that? And with that too, like what advice would you give to a parent whose child came out to them? Yes. Peyton's coming out did catch us a little by surprise, although in hindsight, his awkwardness with his girlfriend, who we knew fairly well, helped to kind of explain things a little for us. Mm. When in hindsight, like I say, kind of think back on it. Personally, for me, the first thing that I grieved, if that's the right word, was for his safety. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I might get a little emotional. Well, that is a very valid concern <laughs> that's maybe still um, present today. Yes, because I knew that never again would he be away from me, that I wouldn't worry about someone bullying him or worse, harming him. And my thoughts, honestly, uh, immediately turned to Matthew Shepard mm-hmm. and his mother. So that was heavy on my heart. However, his friends being so affirming and welcoming and so happy for him and just so full of love for him kind of quelled some of those fears for me because I felt like they had his back. Yeah. Like he wasn't going to be alone out there. Like they were with him. Correct. And and their parents were affirming of him also. In fact, his best friend's mom made the comment to me, well, what took him so long? Oh, they yeah. wanted to celebrate his sexuality. And, um, and so they were really happy for him when he came out to them. Uh, so that made me feel better too, because he was, whenever he was not home, he was usually with somebody in his friend group. My second grief is completely self-serving because it revolves around grandchildren. I grieved the the diminished possibility that Peyton would not have children. I guess especially my immediate thought went to biological children. The old-fashioned way. Yeah, exactly. Even back then, though both of our sons uh, were teens when Peyton came out, I relished the idea of one day being a grandmother. And I feared that my prospects had just been cut in half. Mm. Though um, my grief turned then to some shame when I had the realization that it was because he no longer fit the dominant image of the American dream in which every woman is born to a mother and every man is born to a father Mm. in our heteropatriarchal marriage culture. Uh, I wish that I had had someone at the time suggest that I reach out to um, organizations that support uh, gay parents like PFLAG and um, Free Mom Hugs. Or, I mean, you can Google. There's probably plenty more because I would have done that. And mm. I, 
I believe I would have had, we would have had someone to accompany us on this journey, not only to help us, to help us to recognize how we could be an ally for Peyton and, and other LGBTQIA plus individuals, particularly, I guess, because he was still in high school, um, his fellow classmates and his peers. So that's my regret is that I, I wasn't aware of, of opportunities to connect with other people. With that said, uh, I had the pleasure because we are part of, of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. We're proud of our LGBTQIA sisters and brothers. And we participate in Austin in the Pride Parade. And I had oh, that so fun. pleasure and opportunity in 2019 to march in the Pride Parade with our Reconciling in Christ congregations in Austin, in the Austin area. And that was like the pinnacle of fun for me. And just joy, just sheer, sheer joy. I just, it's just an, an it was it was just such an experience and one I will never forget. And it's that same way even now. I, I It's just the most fun I've ever had and the happiest and just, yeah. So I didn't find the organizations, but I did find the Pride Parade. So I love it. <laughs> but not till a little bit later. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I know like social media is bigger now. And so hopefully sure. those organizations... Sure are able to get the word out about their existence a little bit more. And as more of the population comes out, I think that feeling of, or what, or to whatever degree that you maybe felt isolated in being the parent of an LGBTQIA+, plus, the more folks come out, the more parents of, you know, queer yes. kids exist in the world. So hopefully all of those networking and relationship building things will continue to blossom. Absolutely. And I have to say, uh, I'm going to give a shameless plug for our synod in the ELCA, the Southwestern Texas Synod, because we have just initiated or just brought on board uh, Technicolor Ministries called Pastor Katie Miles Wallace to minister um, and to, to the queer community at, through Technicolor Ministries. So I feel like, at least in South Texas, I guess particularly because we're in Texas and it's such a um, an unfriendly place, probably even a, a scary, yes, even a scary place, uh, that there is an ally now in, in our area that we can point people to, um, you know, it, it, I guess particularly in, in the church. So uh, I'm happy. I'm super happy about that, too. Yeah, we are big fans of Technicolor Ministries and Pastor Katie here at All Places Together. We love their work. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So in particular, as we, you know, we're in December now, we're looking towards Christmas and other holidays as well. One of the big parts of any holiday are family gatherings. So I wonder um, whether it's been a part of the holidays or a different time of year, what have you done to help prepare for, make space at, protect during, or process after such a gathering? 
Sure. Absolutely. So I would say, first of all, take what information as it relates to family gatherings and things like that. Take what information you're given from your child and leave everything else alone, especially Mm -hmm. early on. You don't have to have all of the conversation at one time. You may have a million questions, but it's important to be respectful of, of your child. They've just done something monumental for their lives. And to pepper them with more questions, even though you might have them, is not helpful for you or for them. So just have, have, that conver- have a follow-up conversation about establishing boundaries, um, but have no expectation that it's going to be part of the coming out conversation. But it is an important conversation to have. That's so helpful that it's like to just try to be present in that coming out conversation and then later come back to. Yes. And so what does this mean about whatever other thing? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Once you I mean, you've both had time to process, but but it is a very important conversation to have. When that conversation happens, um, it's important to talk about how much they want you to share and then respect the boundaries that they've, that they've asked. Um, ask if there are family members they are more comfortable with and how much discretion should those family members exercise with this news, with this knowledge. Set some expectations of how best to navigate those family interactions across the board, whether whether the family members know or not. It's inevitable that someone's going to ask, oh, do you have a girlfriend? Or does, you know, Peyton have a girlfriend? And so have the conversation with your, with your child about how you're going to navigate that with Family members, family friends, because it's not going to be all size fits all, all sizes fit one. What I'm not getting that right. One size fits all. It's not going to be a one size fits all for different situations. And then assure your child that you are their ally, that you are going to protect them and watch out for them. And maybe when you're headed to something or a a gathering or an event, pick a code word they can use with you if they're feeling anxious or things turn edgy for them that they can say that's going to alert you that either they need to remove themselves from the event, maybe you need to call it a night, or they just need some words of encouragement in a, a private conversation. Um, that can be helpful also. That's so wise. Like, and especially that distinction between we need to get in the car and leave now or like, can we just step into the kitchen? I just need a few minutes with my mom, with my dad, with my parent to like process this and get my head back, back, back on straight. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Or not straight as it turns out. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We had a, a situation just uh, last year, last fall, that was kind of new for all of us. We, my niece got married, and we went to her wedding, and it was a, a beautiful event. However, 
it had been, I, I guess, our first wedding with Peyton as an adult. And um, the, 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 the ceremony, uh, the pastor was real heavy on male, female, male, female, male, female. Oh, and it sure. really struck a chord with him. And it was disturbing and it was distressing. And once we had an opportunity to talk about it, uh, I had that, my husband and I both had that realization. And we it was just kind of an awakening and an eye-opening experience and made us both question now when we go to weddings, um, what is it going to be like? And particularly if Peyton is there, um, to give him an opportunity to talk about it later does he need do we all need to kind of uh debrief on this or or maybe have a conversation ahead of time if if this just gets real heavy on a heterosexual component of marriage you know maybe we need to to rethink a few things and and maybe have conversations with family members even you know it's it's can be an a, a, a conversation starter it definitely was for us. And, and I even had afterwards a conversation with, um, I know in particular my younger sister, um, and she had the same thoughts. Wow. I had never considered that, that, you know, we as a church or it's, how, how do we incorporate our, our LGBTQI brothers and sisters to make them uh, to so people are comfortable I don't know the answers but it was definitely an eye-opening experience an event yeah that is just so one of those things that like sometimes you just don't know until you're in the thick of it that it's hard or harmful or exclusionary and yeah like what you're saying like how many weddings had have you been to in your life maybe even that like Peyton had been to before he came out and you just you don't always realize until you're in the middle of it and then it's like oh okay like this yes. is actually really complicated and like not maybe what we believe about God about marriage or you know whatever the situation is absolutely absolutely it makes me want it made me want to come back to our pastor and say, so how do we handle these things? And how would you handle these things in this scenario? Because it is important. I mean, we as a church don't, I don't want to belong to a church that's exclusionary. And so. Yeah, me yes. either. Yeah. And so I think <laughs> when we are attuned to things, then we need to pay attention to it the next time. We can't always fix it in the moment, um, but we can Correct. pay attention and, and know moving forward. I know I, for the first time this year, I did premarital counseling for a couple a man and a woman and one of the partners identified as bisexual. And so as I was going through it, I was very open and said, you know, I've never done premarital counseling for a queer couple before. Like if there are like, I think I've read through this and like made sure that it's like applicable, applicable and accessible and inclusive. But like if there are things in here that like deeply offend you or aren't the right wording, like, please tell me, like, I want to know, like, help me do this better. Um, and I was really grateful for their willingness to be 
to be that honest with me about the process. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's so important. Yeah. We learn as we go. Yes, we do. I wonder what advice you would give, Monica, to a parent who is entering into their first Yuletide with an out child. We can imagine the situation that this student, this youth has come out to their parents sometime over the past year, and it's their first Christmas being out. What advice would you give them from like navigating social situations to adjusting tra- traditions or even adjusting decorations? What would you say to them? So I would tell a parent, first and foremost, be sensitive to the needs of your kid. If your kid is telling you they're feeling uncomfortable, listen. Be sensitive to situations, even if they aren't saying it in specific words. Make sure they're feeling good. And uh, by all means, don't force your child into a situation if they're not feeling it. Basically, just be in tuned to your child. If they're really uncomfortable or going to church is triggering, uh, find an opportunity to maybe check something else out. Uh, be worth finding a way to celebrate that sticks with Christmas traditions, the birth of Christ, maybe Zoom church. Uh, seek a, a service that maybe is held outdoors or in a different locale besides traditional in sanctuary service. Avoid interacting if need be. Participate in worship services and experiences that allow your child to remain anonymous. So, yeah, Zoom. Uh, maybe go, maybe try a, a different denomination or a different church altogether where they can remain anonymous, but you can still participate as a family if if your child and you so feel like that's, that's beneficial or, or the direction to go. I think recognizing that teens especially can experience difficulties interacting with people is important. Maybe and particularly in a church environment because it's a place where there are plenty of times they're not accepted. Yes. So if there's members of your church who aren't supportive of the LGBTQIA plus community, then there's a chance they already suspect your child and maybe have put out some microaggressions. So pray, pray for and search for welcoming and accepting congregations because chances are you'll find one. If not in your community, then online. Maybe one of the best things that came out or a great thing that came out of the pandemic is we learned that we can church on Zoom. And so if you have a child who's apprehensive, who who still wants to participate, your family, you still want that tradition. And, and same with Easter, you know, any, any, mm-hmm. any church related. I mean, I say church because that's so traditional for our family is, you know, the Christmas Eve service. So find opportunities to do something different to maybe you create a new tradition. Um, but the biggest thing is to just... Be in tune 
through your child and um, and don't force anything. Know that they're struggling, I mean, mightily. And you, the last thing you want to do, I mean, we're all supposed to be happy and enjoy the holidays and it's supposed to be a special time. And, and I, I can't, it's just so harmful to force something on a child who has just come out. On anyone, I would imagine, who has just come out. But particularly teenager, a child, a young person. Especially, right, because they're figuring out so much about themselves and and sometimes they may not realize that something is upsetting until they're in the thick of it or in that moment. And so I just love your counsel of just really paying like extra attention, like to what's going on with, with your child, to what they're saying, to what they're not saying. That's just such powerful advice for the Yuletide and for the whole year as well, I imagine. Absolutely. I mean, engaging with your child, ongoing engagement, don't be oppressive. Check in from time to time. I mean, Aiton's came out his sophomore year of high school. So it's probably been golly, maybe going on 10 years. And we still, still, I, I still check in on him. He's not, he doesn't live at home anymore. He's in his career in a different city. And and yet it's still important. I feel like, I know it is. And he does too. And he appreciates it uh, to have that check in. How's th- how are things going? Is, you know, I mean, just as you would do with any of your other children, particularly. And and a parent knows, a mother, I, I mean, a, mo- a mother or a father is going to know. You, you can read y- your kid's body language. They don't have to say anything, but um, maybe as the family situation or family uh, gatherings questions come up and how to handle those, maybe that's, maybe these kinds of conversations happen um, around those conversations whenever they occur. Thank you. I just, I love the, the book ending kind of of our conversation of one of the things that you shared earlier on is that you wish you had more parents who were in the same situation. And I just love that you are now able to like be that parent to someone else. That's so meaningful. That's so powerful. Thank you, Pastor Colleen. Uh, it's, it's important for me. Um, I, I want very much to be a solid ally. And so, yes, absolutely. If I can be helpful to anyone, um, I want to be. So I appreciate that. So my final question for our time together is if there are stories, characters, or verses from the Bible that have been meaningful to you throughout your journey as a parent to a gay child. I'm sure that you have lots of favorite Bible verses or stories, but is there any in particular that have kind of been supportive or foundational to you? throughout this journey? Absolutely. I think first and foremost, the story of the Ethiopian eunuch's conversion and baptism, because it shares how God came into the world for the redemption of all. Yes. Gay, straight, confused, questioning. The same way we all come into the world through human birth. God sent Philip, a Gentile, and us an outsider to the eunuch to proclaim the good news about Jesus, starting with the scripture from Isaiah the eunuch had been reading about rejection and suffering. I think all of those things have such powerful 
claims that it was and is a meaningful story to me. The other, I think, uh, probably chapter verse uh, comes from Psalm 46. You know, God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. And though we fear and things happen, God is God is within her and she will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. And um, it's just, I, I think the verse 10 is especially for me, be still and know that I am God. Mm. And um, so I take that as, you know, I'm, I'm going to take care of you, of my creation, of all of my creation. Both of those are, are very, I could give you a million more. <laughs> <laughs> but those in particular, uh, you know, I like, especially that God came into the world through human birth, and so did we, yeah. all of us. Yeah. Same exact way. And that's what Christmas so. is about, right? The incarnation Absolutely. of God, of yes. Jesus, born through Mary, literally. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yes. And yes. I love that affirmation of be still and know that I am a God, both for you to hold on for yourself like that you are a beloved child of God and also for you to hold on to in your parenting as well and in your wider allyship as well. That that's such a powerful verse. Absolutely. Yeah, for us to remember as individuals, but also hold on to um, as a community, as a wider group of believers as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think especially this time of year and the hustle and bustle of the holiday season, it's important to be still and and recognize God in in so many facets and to allow God to work their beauty and wonder into all of creation. So and use me as an instrument. Amen. Oh Monica, those are just the most beautiful words to end our time together on. So I just want to th- say thank you from everyone here at All Places Together and Technicolor Ministries as well for taking the time out to share the story of your family, for Peyton's willingness um, for you to be a part of this conversation today. Um, Your wisdom and your love is going to make such an impact. So thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor Colleen. And I hope so. It's my hope, my fervent hope and prayer that, um, yes, that I can, I can, helpful and and a, a positive light for someone yeah thank you thank you for the opportunity i've so enjoyed it you're so welcome for open hearts at Christmas.
Holy God, our parent, our mother, our father. At Christmas, we celebrate the birth of your son who came in human form to be love in the world and to share that love. Support those who are parenting queer children, especially those for whom this is their child's first Yuletide out. Keep their hearts open to the needs of their child, even if that means changing plans. Comfort them in any grief they may feel. Help them make rainbow magic for their kids in a season that can feel lonely, isolating, and dripping in compulsory heterosexuality. Send safe and loving adults to queer children whose parents are not affirming. Remind them that there are so many people who love them and that are there for them. Hold all of us, all your children, in your love and empower us to share that love wherever, whoever, and however we are. Amen. Thank you for joining us at All Places Together. If you heard yourself or someone you know in these stories today, we hope you heard God too. There's still time to join in some of the other Make the Yuletide Gay offerings this December. The Advent calendar is still going each and every day. And again, if you want to start on today and not look back at any of the other things that have been posted, you have my permission to do that. But if you want to go back to December 1st and do it all, you can. And remember, that is hosted on the Technicolor Ministries website. Together, Technicolor Ministries and All Places Together is hosting a blue Christmas worship service on Wednesday, December 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. You can RSVP to get the Zoom link on the upcoming tabs link on the Technicolor website. Now, if you've never been to a Blue Christmas service, it's one that leaves space for grief and some of the other hard emotions that we experience at Christmas. So it will be a safe place to come and have communion and find some peace amidst what can be a hard time of year. The Make the Yuletide Gay merch sale is also live on the All Places Together workshop. There are ornaments with all different types of pride flags on them. I personally think they are all adorable and will look great on your Christmas tree or on the Christmas tree of a queer person that you love. And don't forget that 10% of the proceeds will be donated to Reconciling Works. I'm ever grateful to our mission partners, the Virginia Synod, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and supporters like you who share generously with all places together. Your contributions enable this ministry to continue and to grow week after week. We'd love for you to consider to make a year-end gift here before December 31st. You can give online through our website, allplacestogether.org. Scroll to the bottom where it says Give Here, click that button, and you'll be redirected to our giving platform. We know it can be hard to give financially, especially at a time of year where we're doing lots of shopping and spending money on extra special food. 
So really, we celebrate all of the ways that you share the stories of all places together with the people in your life and engage with us online throughout the week. I hope that you'll consider coming to our Blue Christmas service and maybe invite a friend or family member that's having a hard time to join you. After all, it's the holidays in full color and everyone's invited. Until next time, remember that God loves you wherever, whoever, and however you are.